This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Bard MBA's Rolina Richardson speaks with Renee Graham, founder and CEO of Renzo Box. Hi, and welcome to all of our listeners. I'm Rolina Richardson, currently pursuing my MBA in sustainability with Bard College. And today I'm very excited because we're joined by Renee Graham, founder and CEO of Renzo Box. Thanks for listening in. Before entering the exciting world of product design, beauty tech, and entrepreneurship through founding Renzo Box in 2017, Renee achieved and has achieved significant and diverse experience in architectural practice, community development, and real estate development. To share more with us about Renzo Box and her entrepreneurial journey, let's welcome to the Impact Report, Renee Graham. Hi, Renee. Thanks for being here. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, let's jump right in. So tell us, what is Renzo Box and what sets it apart in the beauty and cosmetics industry? Tell us a little bit about how it works and what makes it more sustainable. Yes. uh, So Renzo Box is a full face makeup kit that replaces your messy makeup bag. Um, It looks like this, which I know this is going to be on a podcast, so viewers aren't going to be able to see it, but it is, um, you know, about the size of a clutch. Um, It has gold edge detailing. It's meant to be a very luxury, chic sort of compact, Um, and you can mix and match all of your products into it. So if you can just kind of visualize your makeup bag right now, and, you know, you can probably like imagine all the products in it and like digging through it. I call that the raccoon dig. Mm -hmm. Um, We're changing that and completely transforming it um, into a single compact. So imagine one kit um, and let's say you have your foundation from your foundation, your pressed powder foundation from Mac, you have, um, your NARS blush, you have some eyeshadows from Tarte. Now, instead of having all of those in different compacts and palettes and, um, packages, you know, that you can imagine that would be in your rent or excuse me, in your makeup bag. Now they're in, uh, your Renzo box. I love that. Um, and it's definitely something that I could benefit from. And I'm sure anybody that's tried to do their makeup on the go um, has experienced the challenge of trying to find what you need when you need it. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's actually where it uh, the idea spawned from is I was doing my makeup on the go. I was on a train um, on my way to a meeting at work and um, I had a big presentation that day. I wanted to look my best. And I I pulled out my makeup bag on the train. I started doing my makeup and there was this jolt and all of my makeup just went flying. And, you know, I'd barely gotten any sleep that night because of this presentation I had. I was so frustrated. I was exhausted. And I I just was like, this is my face. Like this should not be causing me so much stress. You know, it should not be causing me like all of this anxiety leading into this. Like, I want to be focused on my work. I want to be focused on this, but I also want to look good and I want to present myself in the best way possible. And there's got to be a better way for this. So that's that's how it all began. 
Yeah, the design and um, function really, really come through when you start looking at the product. Yes. And given given your background as an architect um, and find, founding your own design firm before Renzo Box, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background and um, how that has played into your entrepreneurial journey with Renzo Box? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yes, as you mentioned, I'm a licensed architect. Um, that's my, that's how, what I was professional, I've trained in that. I went to undergrad and grad school, um, both for architecture, um, got a license and, um, you know, pretty I worked at, at different firms, very large firms, commercial firms. I worked at small firms. Um, I worked at medium-sized firms and I kind of decided pretty early on, like I wanted to do something a bit different. I wanted to be able to have a, a, a stake, um, you know, a, a seat at the table and a stake when it came to meeting one-on-one -on -one with the clients and having real design input. Um, and so, I don't know, I just always knew that I wanted to start my own, my own firm and my own business. Um, both of my parents were small business owners and very entrepreneurial. So I think I also kind of grew up with that around me. Um, and I was never fearful of it. I would say that. And, um, I got to, got to a point where I was like, this makes sense. I want to start my own firm. Um, unfortunately, one of the things that happens in, in architecture, and this is, it's the building and construction industry. Um, and this is true. Now I have learned across a lot of industries, like probably most industries is that there aren't a lot of women. <laughs> um, in my experience in architecture, um, there were very few licensed um, architects. And in all of the meetings I would go to, I was the only female. So imagine, you know, I'm walking into a conference room, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of men sitting there, a lot of them are, you know, like on the construction site, and, and I walk in and I'm, you know, in my heels and I have some makeup on and the assumption is I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the <laughs> assumption is I'm there to take notes. Mm. And then I, you know, they find out I'm the architect and they're like, oh, wait, uh, okay. But even then they don't really quite take me seriously. It's like, there's this other, I don't know, this invisible thing that I have to somehow get over. And um, I, you know, you do that a hundred times, you do that a thousand times over again and it gets really, really exhausting. It never, throughout my career um, as a full-time architect, it didn't really change that much. Um, and so I, I also really started to understand the business of building buildings and that's where the real estate development came into play. I wanted to have, um, again, a seat at the table, but this time on the ownership side of the table. And so, uh, started doing some real estate development. I realized that a lot of these developers have no idea how to deliver a building, <laughs> And I did, you know, from the ground up. And so um, started to leverage that knowledge into to building into something else, which is not unlike Renzo Box, right? So I, you know, I saw a problem. I, I kind of like envisioned a solution. I, you know, when I started Renzo Box, I wasn't, I was, I actually wasn't dying to, to create this myself. I wanted someone else to create this. And so I actually scoured the internet, like looking for any kind of product that solved this problem. Um, and I, there were some sort of kind of solutions out there. I ordered all of them. I tried all of them. They were terrible. 
and didn't really quite solve the problem. And so I was like, I, that idea that I had, like, I think I can do this, you know? And so one thing led to another and um, in its, at its core, at the very basics of it, Renzo Box is a modular makeup system. Um, so if you, right, like if you, the palette portion of it is completely customizable and there's modular units that fit into it, we call them pods. So the pods come in three different sizes, a small, a medium, and a large. The small is say for like um, eyeshadows or concealer or um, something like this. The mediums are maybe for a blush or a highlighter. And then the larges are for, you know, a pressed powder foundation, a setting powder, a bronzer, something that you would, you know, want a little bit more of. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so you just, you mix and match and build the small, medium, and large into the palette as to what you want. I think that's brilliant. I mean, the, the whole journey that you have using your background, your education and in, in the building and design of this new project, but then product, but then also the modularity and customizability of it um, is super unique. I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit more about the development process and how uh, along the way um, you received feedback either from investors or customers or friends, family, talk to us about how you go from this brilliant idea to a physical prototype. Well, it's a, let's see, it's a <laughs> very, very long journey. Um, I was constantly looking for feedback. Um, I so I used my architecture knowledge to kind of get the first prototype. I had a first physical prototype very quickly because if you think about it, architects, we learn digital modeling and 3D printing. That's part of that's part of our skill set and what we do. So I started, you know, with these really kind of janky 3D prints, um, but I used them as tests and I would I would take them, I would harass all of my girlfriends and like show it to them. It's not a filled product, it's just a 3D print, and I would kind of like show how the Lego pieces would work. And I'd be like, show me your makeup bag. Let's see, like, I wanna see, and we would do these kind of like test fit scenarios. I would pull out, okay, what of these products are you actually using? And could this work in the Renzo box? And which, which product would be in a large pod? And how many small pods do you need? You know, we kind of like do these test fits and it worked like 95% of the time. Um, and so that was kind of my first aha moment was like, all right, so it's not just me. Like I, other women could, could use this and it could work for their routine. Um, the next sort of phase for me was, all right, these are my, these are my really great, like close and really good friends and, and gal friends. Like they're just going to tell me they love it no matter what, <laughs> you know, they're just going to be supportive of me. And, um, no, I wanted, I wanted real reactions, real customer, like, so I decided to go to BeautyCon, which is doesn't exist anymore, but it was it's it was this conference kind of like Comic Con, mm -hmm. um, but for the beauty industry. It was in LA, and this big to do just like imagine all the beauty influencers at the LA Convention Center for a weekend. Like that's basically what BeautyCon was. Um, so I was like, I need to go talk to those women and see what they think about this. Uh, cause they're, you know, these are beauty and makeup enthusiasts that are around it and love it and, 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 and know everything. Right. So I took a couple of, of interns. They were actually former architecture students of mine that were like working at my firm. <laughs> 
And these two lovely women and um, we flew out to LA and we spent the entire weekend guerrilla marketing at BeautyCon. And I didn't even have, I didn't take the prototype because it was a janky 3D print, like really gross, ugly looking thing. Like there's no way I'm showing that, you know, to strangers, they're gonna think I'm crazy. Um, but what I did do was we created these photorealistic renderings. Um, one of my great, my good friends in architecture, we also do like photorealistic renderings, created these like beautiful renderings for me of the Renzo box. And we printed them out really nicely. Um, and then we walked around the LA Convention Center with this, you know, with what looked like a photo of a product and then our gross makeup bags and just just did this little like five second pitch 10 second pitch of like does your makeup bag look like this like what if it could look like this and that was it and I just saw people's reaction complete strangers they were so obsessed asking all these questions well how do I do this what does this I can't believe this is real um I had a dozen people order from me like pre-order from me on the spot um and not like five dollars I mean like $75, hundred dollars. I was just like, let me see if people will buy it. Like if they're really, and I, I, you know, I told them it was, this was like in August and I was like, yeah, it'll be ready by Christmas. <laughs> um, just because I, you know, I had to see is, are they really willing to pay? Um, and that was the next aha moment of, yes, they are willing to pay. People are curious enough. They're asking the right questions. They want to know what brands they can get in it, what products they can get it. They're asking like the next obvious questions if you're seriously considering this and so that's when I knew I had to pursue it that's amazing such a fun story about really rolling up your sleeves and you know getting in there on the ground level to see people's reaction yes um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit um since the beginnings, how is Renzo Box doing now? And what, what are you looking forward to in this upcoming yeah. year? Yeah, we are, we're doing great. We have established um, our headquarters home office here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we have a few, a, a full cosmetic laboratory here. Um, we've got a team, we've got inventory and in. <laughs> we are, um, we have a full, um, um, our, our full supply chain, our manufacturing supply chain is, is set up. Uh, we are just now getting into market. So we did a, a prototype pre-COVID, or sorry, not a prototype. Uh, we did a pilot pre-COVID and, and sold through um, 500 units. It was very successful. And now we're working on the next stages of it. It's like we learned a lot from, from the pilot and um, are working on like our, our true go-to-market now. And it's been a learning experience. There's for sure hurdles along the way, but we're, you know, we're doing, we're getting influencers involved. Um, we're doing local pop-ups and these kinds of things. And the reaction so far has been, has been really awesome. That's great. Um, now to kind of bring in a little bit of, of the realness to why you maybe had started this aside from personal need. Um, before the interview, I was able to review your website and you all share a startling fact. And that's last year, the global beauty industry created 180 billion units of single use plastics. That's right. So Renzo Box is obviously taking a huge step to provide a solution in cutting that down. 
um, and you're developing your own own recycling program, Renzo Recycles. Can yes. you tell us more about this and just your your view on um, single use plastics in the beauty industry? Yeah, I mean, 180 billion units of single use plastic created by one industry is not acceptable. It's not. It's like we can't. We we cannot keep doing this. Period. Um, it's unsustainable on so many levels. And now when I walk through the beauty aisles, all I see is garbage. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, by single-use plastic, we mean it can only be used once and then it has to be recycled or thrown away. And if it is single, truly single-use, which most of these are, it means that it's not even possible for it to be recycled. In the cosmetics industry, that's like 100% of the products because they're actually too small. Um, or they're made of multiple different types of plastic or multiple different materials, and they will get, they, they'll, they'll be tossed out even if it is of the size, but actually all of it, like almost all of it doesn't even, when it goes through the sorting, it gets, it gets thrown away because it's like, we, it's not worth us messing with kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But you take 180 billion little tiny pieces of plastic everywhere. And these are the things that are gonna end up at the bottom of the ocean, floating around in the ocean, in the landfills, um, and and they're, they will not de uh, decompose. So when I realized that, um, and I realized looking at my own makeup bag of what I was carrying around and the amount of single-use plastic versus now what I carry around, it's 80% less. That's a huge number. And we were testing this on all of our customers of, okay, what is the weight of, we were just like weighing the plastic container. Mm -hmm. of, okay. If you were to purchase this currently off of the shelf, the, the gram weight is this of this piece of plastic versus now in the Renzo box, this is the weight. And so we can see it like there, it's absolutely um, accounted for in how we reduce the amount of single use plastic. And we want to help educate brands um, as well as consumers to show just how much the packaging is just, it's not necessary. And consumers are much more concerned about um, making sure that they're making great decisions when it comes to the planet, when it comes to their, their choices as consumers. You know, if I can buy something that has the exact, it's the exact same product, but now I can buy it. In, in a form factor, in a format where I'm not creating that much garbage, of course I'm going to choose that. Like, of course I'm going to choose that. So uh, yeah, that's, it's a huge part of what we're doing. Well, we, we definitely appreciate that. And that's something that really stood out to me that was very unique and, you know, upfrontly important to your business. Yes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you think the future of the industry holds. So there's some estimates um, or that in 2022, the cosmetic global cosmetics market increased to $93.5 billion. And obviously we expect that, that to grow. Where do you see this growth stemming from? And are you um, kind of hearing of any specific categories or trends that are kind of coming coming up or becoming more popular in the beauty industry? I would say, um, I wouldn't talk about it in terms of a particular category, but I would say um, in terms of customization. 
So mm -hmm. I think that's really the big um, area of growth and specifically how technology can help with hyper customization and customization at scale. So it's easy to mass produce a product, but that's a one size fit all approach. And what can we do if, so for example, your skin is very different from my skin, your hair color, your eye color, your skin texture, your, like all of these things um, play into what types of products, what sorts of ingredients, what, um, what shades and colors go well with, with, you know, with, uh, with your natural um, um, uh, facial features. And so how can we make sure that you have the exact right products and the best products for you, for the looks that you're trying to achieve or for, for whatever kind of like aesthetic, uh, you know, uh, enhancement that you want to achieve or, or maintain? How do we do that for you where it's custom to you, but also for me and also for, you know, the billions of other women on the planet? So I think that's really where the growth is going to come into play. That's great. It sounds like Renzo Box is very well positioned to be able to capitalize on that while while doing good and helping women have or people have less messy uh, makeup bags. So yes. by transitioning, um, love everything about it. So you have a long list of accolades and recognition for all the great work you're doing, particularly in your local community. I'm kind of interested in hearing, um, and I'm sure our listeners are, how do you did you brand yourself and do you have any advice for people looking to brand themselves and promote the initiatives that they're doing um, while they're working towards promoting a more sustainable world? Yeah, that's, wow, that's a really interesting question. Um, I cannot, I can't say that I actively thought about what my personal brand is. <laughs> um, I think everything has, has stemmed very authentically and just or, organically as I have, I've grown as a professional. Um, I will say that as an architect, I'm quite nerdy. Like I spent a lot of time in school. I love the details. I love learning how things work. But at the same time, I'm also very artistic. Like I love to, I love to draw. I love to, I, I'm, I'm very attuned to spaces and what makes them beautiful and what makes them, you know, gives me a certain feeling when I walk into a space. And I'm very particular about all the little details of these things. So um, the, the tagline for Renzo Box is where beauty meets brains. And um, it has a lot of meaning in it. <laughs> uh, it describes the product itself. Um, and, but it also, for me, it describes the Renzo Box woman, like the woman who uses the Renzo Box. Um, and I think that at the same time, it touches on, you know, my architecture background, right? Like a, a beautiful building is not only beautiful in its aesthetics and its appearance, but it also, is highly functional um, and it should it should work very very well and um, so it's a you know a marrying of these concepts of uh, of, of form and function is, is how it's commonly referred to um, in architecture and then it also really touches on my my priorities and in my value system um, I think that as as women we are first judged by our 
outward appearance mm -hmm. primarily primarily and and our our intelligence our hearts are like that's something that is secondary and i think that's something that has been perpetuated by consumer marketing and 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 these sorts of things and it's it's infiltrated into society you know i i can very distinctly remember growing up and being told so many times how beautiful i was oh you're so beautiful so beautiful so beautiful <laughs> and and there's I'm like wait there's i i have very little to do like thanks mom and dad <laughs> i i did not have much to do with this you know um but there's something about you know there's this whole other there's this whole human being um that i wanted to be at, at the forefront of like what makes me me and there is this you know i just remember these like movies when i grew up where it was like the the smart girls were the ugly girls like do you remember this and this storyline was perpetuated over and over and over again and i think the first time i saw it as something different was um reese witherspoon in legally blonde right mm -hmm. she's like this blonde like sorority gal like you know in in the fuzzy high heel shoes and like the little tiny dog and then she gets into harvard law and she's like what like it's hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i love that i loved it i was like yes you can be both things mm -hmm. um you absolutely can and one does not you know and so it's like somehow society puts these things on on, on a spectrum and it's like you're either one or the other like the seesaw sort of thing I'm like no it's this continuum it's both it's all the things like it's um and we should celebrate and praise like all of it yeah that's great you bring up a lot of really good points and I think a lot of our female listeners will relate to um a lot of the experiences that you shared thanks for being so honest and sharing that with us absolutely um, We've talked about quite a few things um, this afternoon, um, how to build on aha moments, solving you know problems um, through just uh, your own personal experiences, and then kind of using authenticity to grow organically. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us about Renzo Box before we conclude? Um, well, there's something that I was on a call today that I, I surprised this woman and I, I guess we're not showing it very well on the website, which is that you can also store brushes like we have. It comes with a brush set. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a hinge tube at the base of it. This cap twists off and um, there's a brush set, a full face brush set Amazing. that just slides into. So imagine the hinge like. Um, on a on a door frame, for example, um, but imagine that center part is like a hollow tube on the inside, and that's what this is, and that just becomes like a usable feature where we keep the brushes um, in there. So anyway, I'll just share that little tidbit because, yeah, when I was on a call today, she was like, "Oh my god, I had no idea." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I definitely recommend for our listeners to go and check out. Um, the Renzo box. It is absolutely beautiful and tons of little compartments and fun th features that you were just um, mentioning. Yes. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today, Renee. Yes. Uh, tell us how can listeners learn more and where can they get their own Renzo box? Absolutely. So 
Our website is www.renzobox.com. That's R-E-N-Z-O-E-B-O-X.com. Um, we're also on Instagram. So go follow us there. And if you go onto our website and you get confused, go take the quiz or go try Renzo Match. We actually have a digital skin tone matching application to help you like figure out exactly the products that you need. So go check it out, have some fun. Let's play around with some makeup and get you into a Renzo box. We appreciate our Loyal Impact Report listeners and hope you can help us spread the word about the series and the important sustainability work of our guests. Please rate and review the Impact Report wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you were inspired by this conversation, share a screenshot on Instagram and tag Impact Report Podcast. To take the quiz and get your own Renzo box, visit renzobox.com. That's R-E-N-Z-O-E-B-O-X.com. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, June 9th. We'll be speaking with Anthony Osijo of Beebox. Interested in learning how you can launch a high-impact, purpose-driven career in sustainability? Check out the resources page from the Bard Graduate Programs in Sustainability for access to free resources to jumpstart your career. Hear from leaders in the fields of climate change, consulting, impact finance, circular economy, and more about how they launch their careers and the tips they have for you to join their industries. Visit gps.bard.edu resources today.